Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. That was kind of quiet. How about we do it like we mean it for Jesus? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to Genesis 22. Um, We're just going to read a few verses and uh, we'll get going. Amen. I don't have too many notes. Too many pages of notes. I don't got much. So uh, we'll probably be out of here before midnight, I would say. So uh, I'm just kidding. Um, let's go ahead and read from Genesis 22. It says, And it came to pass, verse 1, after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Verse 2 says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. We're going to skip down to verse 6. It says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together, verse 7. I'm almost done. Just bear with me. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8. Abraham says this, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. For a burnt offering, so they went, both of them together. We skip down to verse Ten. I usually don't read this much, by the way, but I, it was all so good, I just couldn't pick. So I'd, You should have seen what the rough draft looked like. It was, we would have been reading for half an hour, so you're, you're doing, we're doing good. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11 says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. Verse 12 says, And he said, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fear, fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. 13 And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught. So we all know the story, right? He goes and takes the the ram, kills it. Verse 14, I want you to listen to this one. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And I will end with a verse from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 32 says, And if I... And I, if I be lifted up from heaven, I'm from the earth, sorry, will draw all men unto me. Amen. Let's all pray just one more time. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you for just letting us be in your house, God. I ask you, Lord, to help me, Lord, to help your church today. I pray that you would speak to us, God, that you would change us, God, that you would send us different. 
Help us, Lord Jesus. We need you tonight, Lord. Anoint me and help me, Jesus, to be able to communicate this burden, to communicate this feeling, Lord. Have your way this night. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you believe that, say amen. Is anybody as nervous as I am? <laughs> I couldn't breathe on my way here. <clears throat> I'm not kidding either. Uh, when I this is Brother Cox's pulpit. When I got the text message, I turned green and white. Uh, I'm glad nobody was there. One of my coworkers was there, and they said, uh, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Nothing." Can, <laughs> she's actually sitting back there, so. <laughs> Uh, and I just felt like I wanted to throw up all over the place. I didn't feel good the rest of the day. Said my, he's not even my presbyter anymore. He's all I known him to be is my presbyter, and now he's the not only that, but the district superintendent. So I give honor to him and his wife. Amen. We love him. Somebody say amen. He's probably watching us, so we want to make sure that he knows. <laughs> that makes me more nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody, there's been a couple people that say, oh, it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, that's because you're not standing in my shoes in your district superintendent's pulpit. Um, I also want to give honor to brother and sister Lear, uh, giants. Why don't you stand? Let's make, let's just honor you a little bit. If I can ever be half the man of, as Brother Lear, I should be okay. If I can be half of what, he's, what he is. I also want to thank Brother and Sister T, uh, Brothers for helping me out tonight. Uh, the drummer, my goodness. I don't even know his name. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and, and all the musicians. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you sang old songs because the new ones I don't necessarily always know. Um, most of the songs at my church, we just have some contemporary, but a lot like today we had an old time, uh, an old an old time song um, service, and it was it was good. And we sang "Everybody Will Be Happy" over there. Anybody know that song? Amen. I also want to thank our youth president and his and the first lady of the youth department. Uh, amen. I know they love the attention, so. Uh, and then lastly, I just want to thank my pastor as well for letting me be here. So today, without any further ado, I want to speak to you on this subject, Isaac's Calvary. And I know what you're thinking. You're already thinking, oh, great. It's going to be one of them Calvary messages, right? We already all know this. Today, I get to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, Calvary. Because if it wasn't for Calvary, I would not be here. If it wasn't for Calvary, you would not be here. Amen. That's a good place for an amen from more than just a couple of you. Amen. Hallelujah. So most of us know a lot about Calvary. You've grown up in church. You've grown up around Calvary. Some of us maybe haven't grown up in church, but you've heard plenty of messages about what Jesus did on the cross. Anybody know that Jesus did something great for us on the cross? Amen. See, you're thankful for Calvary, and I'm thankful for Calvary. 
And we all are thankful for Calvary and have been changed for Calvary. If it wasn't for the cross, I would not be who I am. You might be thinking, I've heard this before. Uh, I might just tune him out. I might just sit this one out. He's a young preacher. I already know all of that that he's going to say. You might be thinking he's going to say, he's going to talk about Jesus. Duh. He's going to talk about the cross, the nails, the whipping, the death, the blood, all of that stuff. You might be thinking, that's probably where he's going to go in. I might go into that, amen, but I I really think I just have come to lift him up today. Remind you that we are, that our lives should lift up the name of Jesus, amen, should lift up what he did, should be an example to this world, that God is still able to change lives, amen. All that might be true, but let's not forget that without Calvary, we would not be here. I would present to you today that without Calvary, the resurrection would not have happened. Amen. Without Calvary, the upper room would not have happened. Amen. That means we wouldn't have the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus died for us because without the shedding of blood... There is no remission of sin. See, this was part of God's plan. Our salvation couldn't happen without Calvary. Calvary is a very important thing to talk about. And you might be saying, Brother Christian, that's great. But what does this have to do with Isaac? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. Amen? All right. So a few weeks ago, I was teaching a Bible study to my mom. And my mom had her boyfriend with her, and this one girl, uh, her name's Zavelli, that's her boyfriend's sister. Um, they live in Mississippi, by the way, okay? So we was doing one of them phone call Bible studies. It wasn't like a sit down in the kitchen thing. I was teaching from the Search for Truth Bible study. You know that, those videos that Brother Cox had that one guy? I don't remember his name. Um, yeah, the guy who was telling us to teach Bible studies, Search for Truth. Yes. Him. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I said, when I was sitting in that, in that session, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start teaching more Bible studies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that. I usually don't teach from that, but I said, I'm, if it works for him, I want to try it. So the first person that I asked, they told me yes, and, they, and then they canceled. But then I asked my mom, and you, you got to get this. I'm going to tell you about my mom in a little bit. But I asked my mom, would you take this Bible study, mom? And she said, Sure. And I was like, what? See, she doesn't go to church, okay? Uh, I figured you, you figured that one out. Um, and, and so I said, all right, sounds good. We'll start. And every Sunday, except for today, we've been, for the last two months, I've been teaching a Bible study to that group. My mom, I asked my mom only. She went to tell her boyfriend, and her boyfriend went to go tell her, her I mean, his, um, his uh, sister, and now all of them get together on Sunday night, and we have a Bible study for about a half hour. Amen? So God's good. Amen? Um, I forgot to tell you, by the way, when I get nervous, my English gets bad. So uh, if I don't forget the word, uh, you might just hear a little bit of an accent. Um, but, but I'm going to try to not be nervous. Amen? So we got about the 12th page, the fourth dispensation, the promise. And, and I got to the part about the promise that God made Abraham in Genesis 12. I don't know if you know that. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God is saying this to Abraham. Amen. 
And I begin to tell my mom about Abraham and about Isaac and about Mount Moriah and all the stuff that we just read. And I begin to teach this. And I felt the Holy Ghost come into my room as I'm teaching this Bible study. And I begin to get emotional because I said, Abraham got to keep his son. But God did not get to keep his son. He offered himself up on the cross. Amen. See, Abraham got to walk up with his son to to Mount Moriah, and he came back down the mountain with his son, but that did not happen that day in Calvary. By that, I was very, for that, I was very thankful. See, I did some research, and Moriah, as we all know, uh, if we read the Bible, is in Jerusalem. It's the place, the Bible says, that Solomon built his temple. They call it uh, Temple Mount. Some scholars believe, in my research, it says that this place, this is the place where Jesus died on Calvary. So this Mount Moriah is believed to be the same place where Jesus was crucified. I know, it was shocking. I had to do a lot of work there. So Mount Moriah... The threshing floor of Arana, the place where the temple was built, Golgotha, Calvary, all of those are names for this one hill. All the names of this place, of, all the names for this place of sacrifice were the greatest act of love to ever exist played out. Amen. See, Abraham went up to the mountain with Isaac. God went up to the mountain in Jesus. Abraham placed the wood on Isaac's back and God placed the wooden cross on his back. See, Abraham tied up Isaac to the altar and God allowed himself to be nailed fast to his cross. Abraham had Isaac to be willing to be the sacrifice and God went quietly like a lamb, the Bible says, before his shears willingly. See, God did not have to do it, but yet he did. See, he did not have to go to Calvary. He did not have to die. He, did not, he didn't have to do any of that, but he did it because he loved me and because, because he loved you. See, Abraham was willing to follow through with the sacrifice, but God intervened and provided a ram for the sacrifice. But God was willing also to follow through and in, in, in a sense looked away as Jesus was on the cross. See, Jesus could have come off that cross, but he didn't. And I'm so glad. The Bible says, ever heard those words? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. What does that mean? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When I read that, it hurts my heart. As Jesus is on that cross, nailed He's already been whipped. He's already bled. He's already about ready to die. He screams, why have you forsaken me? If you read Psalms 22 and if you read Psalms, there's, a, there's like three or four, Psalm 64 I think it is. It says that his heart, it's like you're looking into Jesus' feelings as he was on the cross. It says, my heart melts within me. See, Jesus died 
of a broken heart. Not just because of everything that we did to him and all the physical thing. But can you just imagine, my pastor puts it like this. As he was up on the cross, he looked through time and he saw you and he saw me. And he decided not to come down because he said it's going to be worth it all. Amen. So I think about all of that and it makes me sad. You know, they call it Good Friday. We, we don't have that word in, in, in Spanish. Uh, in Spanish, we just call it Viernes Santo, which means Holy Friday. So the first time I came in, in, here and, and I heard uh, in, here in America, they call it Good Friday. I was like, what's good about it? Do you know what's going on that day? And I thought about it, and I said, well, it's good because he's saving me, but he's also dying. And I remember thinking, I don't know if we should call it Good Friday. I think we should call it Holy Friday. Uh, so I remember that. Abraham, we're going back there. Abraham got to keep his son, but God gave his only son. When I think about this fact, this event that we call Calvary, I can't Help myself, Sister Lear, but thank him for what he did for me. See, some of you might have been born in this, but I was not born in this. I've been in this for 12 years. I did not know the truth when I was 10, when I was 9, when, when I was 12 years of age, 14 years of age. That's when I came into the things of God. That's when I got to meet the Lord. And that's when I was baptized. That's when I received the Holy Ghost. See, I did not grow up in this, but I remember the first time I went to camp and I saw a whole bunch of these kids worshiping and praising God. I stood there in awe because of what I felt. I stood there in awe because I said, where has this been all my life? Where has this message of this cross been all my life? I wish I would have followed him from when I was a young little boy. But that didn't happen. See, I can't help but cry in thankfulness for what my master did for me. See, I've been bought. I'm not the same. Amen. I've been changed. This message of Calvary, when my pastor came to my house when I was a little kid, and he, he sat down at our table, and he spoke to my whole family, my broken family. I was the only one to take his word. I was the only one that made my way to church. My family still has not yet come, but I am so glad that it didn't matter if my mom and my dad did not come. I was going to make my way to the church because this message has power this message changed my life see I like Isaac was replaced see I was supposed to die I was supposed to get hell I was supposed to get this this um I don't know how to say in English castigo um punishment I was supposed to receive this punishment but yet Jesus replaced me on Calvary I'm gonna have Sariah read for me I want you to to, to just pay attention to this. First John 4 and verse 8. Look, listen to what it says. He that loveth not knoweth not God. See, you got to know God to really know how to love. Amen. My pastor has this saying that says, the more you love God, the more you can love people. Amen. Sometimes you think you love people. But when you get in the church, when you get the Holy Ghost, when you start to see what God can do for you, then you can really love people.
people. Then you can really see them and where they're at and be able to maybe make your way to where they're at and say, hey, I got a better place for you. You got good intentions in mind. You got love for people. For God is love. God is love. It's an attribute of God. Amen. And his people ought to be like him. In this was manifested the love of God. So God says this. He says, hey, you know what? I'm just going to show you. I could try to explain to you what love means. I could try, you know, agape and all that stuff. You can go through a whole Bible study. But God says this. In this was manifested. Watch this. The love of God toward us. Toward us, yes. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Hold on, hold on. Did you hear that? You want to know love? Look at what Jesus did. That's love. He didn't have to, but he did. We didn't deserve it, but he still wanted it. We were not worth worthy of it, but yet he thought we were we were worth it. Amen. That's God's love for us. See, that's perfect love, unconditional, unbroken. There was no reason for him to do it. But yet he chose to do it. Verse, next verse. Herein is love. Herein is love. He says, just in case you didn't get the first part, he said, let me just tell you. Just in case you didn't get it. Here's one more verse for you. Yes? Not that we loved God. But Not that, that we loved him. Amen. Did anybody go looking for Jesus and say, hey, you know what? I feel like uh, maybe God can come save me. Or did God come looking for you? Did you do everything for God, you know, like give everything to God and, and, and maybe not, not in that sense that, you know, a, a sacrifice in that. I'm talking more like um, you, you decided, you know what, I'm just going to give my life to God. Or did God pull at you? Did God draw you? Did that God come and look looking for you? Amen. Because he came looking for me. <laughs> Amen. Yes. But that he loved us. He loved us, yes. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. For our sins. He replaced me. He took away my punishment, amen. He gave me, the Bible says, his righteousness. Because I couldn't do it. See, the message of the cross is everywhere. Reaching back to the book of Genesis. Without it, we have no message for this world. We live in a world that needs this message. And I know this church preaches it. I know Pastor Cox preaches it every Sunday. But I want to ask you a question. Do you have a message for this world? Does your life have a message for this world? Amen. Wherever, do, wherever you go, do you lift up the name of Jesus? Because he says, if I... Be lifted up. I will draw all men to you, to me. See, so we got to lift him up wherever we go. We got to lift him up at work. We got to lift him up at school. We got to lift him up just regular. When we're driving, when we're walking, we got to lift up the name of Jesus. And something happens when we lift up the name of Jesus. So... Got through all that Bible study stuff with my mom. And you might be saying, great, Brother Christian, I'm glad you're teaching Bible studies. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> I hope you're teaching Bible studies. So you got quiet. I'll leave that there. 
So I, I, you're probably saying, I'm glad you're teaching Bible studies. I'm glad your family's listening, blah, 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 to God's word. But I already knew all this Calvary stuff. What's, what do you come to tell me? I don't come to tell you anything new. I just come to remind you, Calvary still works. It still works. There's an old song. There's an old song that says it's real. It's real. I know. I know it's real. See, I know that I know what I got back then. Those 12 years ago, I, when I went to that church in Rochester, that youth night, I had made up my mind. I said to the Lord, now, Jesus, I know you got all these people that you're giving the Holy Ghost to, but tonight's my night. And the preacher said to, to everybody, says, it could be yours today. And I said, oh, you better believe it. And when I was waiting, I can't tell you what they preached. I can't tell you who the preacher was. I just remember uh, making up my mind. They dimmed the lights, and that was the cue. I was, see, ever since then, I never sit on the inside. I don't know if you've ever noticed. But ever since that night, I said, I am never, ever sitting on the inside. Because people were in my way. See, I wanted to get to that altar to just lift up my hands and receive the Holy Ghost. I needed Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I made up my mind that night. As soon as everybody got moving out of my way, I went up. And I, and I still remember that spot. And I cried for probably about an hour and a half after I received the Holy Ghost. Because I had never experienced something like that. I had never experienced that much love. I had never experienced that real love. See... My dad had left us. See, we didn't really have that fatherly love. But when Jesus came that night and said that he'd take everything away, I've never been the same since. See, maybe it doesn't do to you what it does to me. Amen. But it ought to do something to you when we think about what Jesus has done for us on Calvary. Amen. See, on the Bible study, what I failed to tell you is that my mom wanted nothing to do with the church. She had told me, I will never step foot in your church, she said. She had cussed out my pastor. She, this, see, this is the same mom that would take my Bibles away all week, and I would get them only for two hours on Sunday. See, this is the same mom that teamed up with my dad and my grandma to take me out of church when I was 17 years of age, three years into the church. And can you imagine that your parents would team up against you and take your Bibles away and not let you go to church and would say to you you can go wherever you want but you can't go to that church there's something about that church that we don't like and see they wouldn't let me go they wouldn't let me go they would call the cops on me they would put me in a room and they would say you can't leave this room see I know what that's like but this message works it kept me coming I fasted and I prayed and two months later God brought me back to my church
These two people that are in the Bible study, you don't know them. They're unchurched people. They have no real concept of love. They were abandoned by their mom. And they were raised by their dad who was too busy for them. See, I've heard them say that they wish death on their own mom. They do not have the same love that these people in this church have. This same mom, when I asked her if she wanted to do this Bible study, immediately. See, after all this time, I, co I continued to walk the right way I continued to walk the way that I knew I should and kept going to that church amen see this same mom when I asked her if she wanted a bible study she immediately said yes but she did not just stop there but she went to her to her family that she where she lives over there and she said hey you got to come and listen she told all of her all of her boyfriend's sisters if you need prayer he'll pray for you call him See, she begins to tell people every weekend she has these people at her family, at her house at 8 p.m. See, it's the same mom that said, Christian, I don't know what you've got, but I want that spirit thing that you talk about. See, she would have never said that if somebody didn't tell her about Calvary, if somebody didn't tell her what this message can do. If, if I wouldn't have allowed God to help me and to change me, if I would have just given up because my family didn't want me to walk with God, then they would have had no chance. But I am so glad that I am hanging on. Amen. I am so glad that even though it was hard and even though they said horrible things to me, my, some of my siblings said to me, they looked me in the eye and they said to me, I would that you would just die. They said to me, you're not my brother anymore. My own mother said to me, get out of my face. I don't want to see you. My own dad ran me out of his house and I had nothing but a backpack and some clothes in it. But this message works. The same person that said, this is, these people are the same people that when I was done teaching the Bible study a few weeks ago, said to me, this is the same Bible study I'm teaching right now. That's a little modified, but <clears throat> um, they said to me, Christian, when can you come? I would like to be baptized in Jesus' name. We have no church where they're at. They have no pastor. They have a, a church that's maybe close by, but they don't speak Spanish. What am I to do? I don't know. That's God's job, not mine. But this December, I'm planning on traveling down to Mississippi and baptizing them in Jesus' name. Yeah. See, this Calvary message works. It worked back in the apostles' time, and it worked back in our forefathers' time, and it works today. We cannot do this without this message. Amen. We cannot do this without His presence. We cannot do this without His Spirit, without His anointing. See, we need God. We don't just need programs. We don't just need this and that and good music. We need a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. We need this message to be proclaimed everywhere. We need to teach it. We need to preach it. We need to continue to hold on. See, I remember when I was 12 and 14, before I met the Lord, I was alone. 
I was in depression. I was suicidal. I was in sin. Can you imagine a 12-year-old wanting to kill himself? Can you imagine that? That was my place. See, I would cry myself to sleep every night because I had a broken family. See, my dad had left us. My mom was never really around because she had to work to take care of our kids. All I wanted to do was cry. Dealing with divorce, a broken family. Something a 12-year-old shouldn't go through. But 12 years ago, I heard this message that Jesus loved me, that he went up to Calvary for me, that he died on the cross for me. See, and it was March, Friday the 13th. That's not an unlucky day, by the way. Whoever says that, that's a bunch of trash. I got the Holy Ghost on Friday the 13th. Amen. See, I've never been the same since then. May the 3rd, I remember coming back home after getting the Holy Ghost, I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> They're like, are you okay? I don't know, I can't stop crying. <laughs> I remember I woke up that night, and uh, all my siblings stayed in the same room with me, and I was praying, and started speaking in tongues, and my sister said, you're scaring me, stop, and I said, shut up, go back to bed, I'm praying. <laughs> Got boldness, too. <laughs> Guess what she did? She went back to bed. Uh, that's the first time she ever listened. It was the last time, too. Uh, <laughs> see, but since that year, 2010, I have had no more depression. <clears throat> I have not been alone anymore. I have no suicidal thoughts. I have joy. I have peace. I have righteousness. I have hope. I know him. I know that I know. Amen. I've been baptized in his name. Something changed because somebody decided to lift up Jesus and I just happened to catch that. See, the cross changed everything for me. I don't walk the same. I don't talk the same. I'm not the same. Amen. Hallelujah. He's done something in me. Anybody know him? I wish somebody would get up and give him a hand clap. I wish somebody would just thank God for what he's done. Has, does anybody have a testimony? Anybody been changed? Anybody been saved? See, something happens when we talk about the cross. See, there's an old song that says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw that I didn't know light. But when I came to this cross, I was able to, to roll away my burdens. It says, the burdens of my heart were rolled away. See, I was tied up. I was in depression. I had all this stuff. It was so bad, Sister Lear, that I couldn't even breathe. I'd have to sit. I'd get these depression things, and I'd have to sit down, and, and I just couldn't breathe right. And they tried doctors. They gave me these little pills that tasted like uh, um, mint, and they were, they were just gross. And, and they, took, they get, took me to a psychologist, and they, and they said, every time that you think something bad, I want you to take this notebook and write everything, that, that, everything about harming yourself, everything that's bad. I want you to write it down. I did it for one day. I wrote so many things down that I said, never mind. This is so bad. The notebook was getting filled and it was not even lunchtime. 
That's how bad it was. And the psychologist said, hey, had you done it? I said, yeah, I gave up. And they said, why? Well, there were so many things to write down on the first day. I didn't want to continue. But when I received the Holy Ghost, depression went like this. When I was baptized in his name, suicidal thoughts went like this. This message works. Amen. I remember that day when I got baptized, my parents were completely against it. My mom said, there is absolutely no way. And I got in my room and I said, oh yeah, watch this. <clears throat> so I got on my knees and I got on the telephone with Jesus. Um, that's a song reference, by the way, just in case you don't know. <clears throat> and I began to pray. And I told the Lord, God, this is me being what? Not even a few months in church. I said, Lord, I really, I, I feel like I need this. Pastor keeps preaching about it. And every single time he's talking to me. You know how pastors know, right? And, and I told the Lord, I need this, God. And I felt like the Lord came into my room and he said, this is what's going to happen. It's the first time I really heard from God. He said, you're going to go to your mom's room and you're going to tell her. And she's going to say yes. When you're walking back to your room to get ready, about halfway down the hallway, she's going to tell you to turn around and that she changed her mind. I want you to do this. Tell her, too late, and keep walking. <laughs> so I'm not encouraging disobedience, but this is what I really got in, in prayer. And guess what happened? That exact same thing. I went into my mom's room, and I told her I want to be baptized, and she said, sure. About halfway down the hallway, she turns me around and she says, hey, I don't think you should do that. I changed my mind. I said, no, it's too late, mommy. I'm going to go and get baptized. And, she, and, I, and I said, would you please come? And she said, no. You know what that does to a 14-year-old? When nobody in your family is there to be there. It hurts. But I had made up in my mind that that day was the day. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I called my pastor. Oh, by the way, if everybody here got baptized in nice warm water, mine was cold. <laughs> I called my pastor that morning. I said, Pastor, you better fire up that baptismal tank because I'm getting dunked today. <laughs> and my pastor said, are you serious? I said, yeah. Mom said, yes, so you better hurry. Uh, so I went and got baptized. And you know how pastors are long-winded? He could not stop talking. And I was sitting in cold water, and I finally just, he's like, are you okay? I said, no, get it over with. I'm cold. <laughs> I was shivering. Lips were like purple, and he was talking about how good God was. And I said, I know he's good. Just get it over with. <laughs> Somebody say in Jesus' name. <laughs> See? This message works. Amen. Amen. And I remember when I came up out of that water, I didn't feel one bit of cold. My sins were washed away, Sister Lear. I have never been the same. Amen. 
So how about this? Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's preach him in the morning. Let's preach him in the noontime. Let's preach him in the evening. Let's talk about him at work. Let's talk about him at home. Let's talk about him in the streets. Let's praise him in the church. Let's praise him outside of the church. Let's worship Jesus wherever we go. Let's lift up the name that is above every name. Don't just let the world hear hear about this message but why don't you bring them so that they can see and experience this message that has changed your life that has changed my life don't just let them hear but let them see you never know who's gonna be watching see my pastor kept preaching my pastor kept teaching and now I'm here because of that aren't you thankful for your pastor See, you never know if your mom, your dad, your children, your next pastor, your evangelist, your missionary will be listening. I'm about done. We're going to pray. But if we could get a, somebody to come and hit some keys around. <clears throat> so songwriter puts it like this. There's room at the cross. Anybody know that song? For you. And then it repeats again. It says, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. That might be you. You might say, I'm already saved, Brother Christian. I don't know about you. Saved or not saved at the cross of Jesus, that's a good place to be. Amen. G.T. Haywood put it like this. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. That's a beautiful hill. It's a horrible hill. A hill of death. But also a hill of salvation. You know what? I'm going to open up these altars as we're wrapping up. And I know some of you you're a saint of God. Maybe life hasn't gotten to you, has gotten to you. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in his presence. Or maybe you're in his presence every day. But I just come to remind you this, this night to lift up Jesus every single chance you have. Amen. Now, if you need the cross, if you need this hill called Calvary in your life tonight, I would also welcome you. These altars are open. See, it says a crimson stream of blood that froze from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God, watch this, are sweeping over me. That's what happened to me. I've been changed. I'm not the same. I mean, that's what's happened to some of you. You've been changed. And then my favorite, one more song says on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross anybody know that song let's all lift our hands and worship it's the emblem of suffering and shame oh how I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain amen this message will never lose its power 
It's a timeless message that has changed the world for thousands of years. It's not going to die. This message got to be kept alive. Amen. So why don't we come to this altar? Why don't we just talk to him for a little bit? Why don't we just remember one more time? Why don't we come to thank him for what he did for us? If you need prayer, come and we'll pray with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.